Even before you get out of bed, decide it's going to be a good day, and then whatever happens, it's good. You just don't know it. Chronological numbers mean nothing. We understand. Well, thank you. Uh, and perhaps that will help me gain my composure, because I would love to tell you about it. Hello and welcome to Elder Wisdom, stories from the Green Bench, a podcast where the spotlight is on seniors, their life lessons, their perspectives, their joys and their losses, and just every element of a life well-lived that is still being lived to its very fullest. I'm Erin Davis, your host, along with Lloyd Hetherington, a wonderful man who, like most of our guests on this bi-weekly visit, lives in one of the Schlegel Village's retirement and long-term care residences. Lloyd is actively involved in the community and an advocate for lifelong learning. So today, we're going to talk dirty. It's okay, unclutch the pearls. It's actually about soil, and I'll learn the difference between dirt and soil, among so many other things, from our 81-year-old guest who's knee-deep in it with his love of therapeutic horticulture. And this couldn't be more timely. Let's dig in. Well, April is a special month. Not only are the flowers trying to poke up and spring is in full swing, but it's National Volunteer Month. And their motto is the value of one, the power of many. And there's a saying that volunteering is the rent we pay for the space we occupy on Earth. And our guest today, Lloyd, is not just paying the rent, although he's not a resident at the village of Winston Park, he is actually beautifying the space and the lives of the people who live in it. So our guest today is Bruce McNeil, who at 81 continues to give back and to help others to grow quite literally. Welcome, Bruce. Thank you very much. Nice to meet you all. Now, in your own words, come on in and make yourself homely. (laughs) 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 We know about you, Bruce. Bruce, during the month when we salute the volunteers, we welcome their enthusiasm, their commitment. As the virus keeps the volunteers out of our residence now, we recognize what we lack. We don't have the companionship. We don't have the excitement. We don't have the fresh blood coming in to stimulate us. Thank you for your volunteering. And thank you to all volunteers that make their contributions so selflessly as they support us and make our our residents a real habitation of joy. You're very welcome. Before we get into how you are enriching so many lives, let's talk about your own. You come from a family steeped in volunteering, yes? Yes. Whenever I think of where the volunteering uh, thought came from, I always think about my father. And then I'm reminded from time to time that my mother long ago decided that she was going to help at a retirement home. And she volunteered in Sudbury. Uh, where she went in and worked with residents, um, helped them knit, uh, uh, helped them do all sorts of things. And uh, and then my father, my father started out in scouting and he was still volunteering when he passed away at 94. Hmm. (laughs) So what you're doing now, tell us what a typical visit 
to the village of Winston Park would entail for you, Bruce? Essentially, what we do is um, we have six raised beds and uh, we plant out there. And so what we do starting in March is we start propagating our own plants. We take cuttings from some of the plants that we have. Um, I get some support from uh, the local horticultural society. Their supervisor is uh, propagating plants. Mm -hmm. And uh, we go until near the end of May uh, when we take the plants outside and we start putting them in the garden. And mm. what I do is I have the residents design the garden. They will decide what plants they want to put in there. Then we talk about uh, the heights and the sizes and the colors and all of that kind of thing. And then they start planting it. And uh, once the garden is planted, then they maintain it. You mentioned the Horticultural Society there, Bruce. You've been a master gardener for 25 years. What's that mean and how do you get to be one? The master gardeners have to take a number of courses. And the courses are university level courses. Uh, then once you become a master gardener, it, you have to volunteer providing answers to people who have questions about gardening. We go out and we speak. We have to do 30 hours a year. My gardening volunteering is up around 220 uh, hours a year. Remarkable. And that's just for the master gardeners. I do the same for the Horticultural Society as well. So... All in all, I, I put in about 400 hours a year. Wow. Gardening, it grows on you. At least if you do it right. I have to confess to you, Bruce, that I know that Lloyd is a good gardener because he grew oh. his own things when he lived in Zambia, when his family was posted there in the Salvation Army. But when I bring a plant into my home, I give it a blindfold and a cigarette because it's going to die soon. <laughs> I'm afraid that's much more my life right now. <laughs> really? In, in Zambia, you put a seed in the ground and it grew in spite of you. <gasps> Here, with the climate changes and the challenges, gardening is an art, and you have mastered it so well. It's certainly something that I enjoy. Well, that, that, that's the secret, isn't it? Yes. And the way you share that, you, you're growing not only a garden, you're growing friendship, you're growing a beautiful relationship with the people there. The, the friendship is, is really important. Uh, there is a program called horticultural therapy, and I'm not a horticultural therapist, but I use gardening as therapy. My idea is that in addition to getting them working with their hands, I try to get them working with their minds. I love telling stories and, uh, if I tell stories, they tell stories. And in the end, we develop a pretty good friendship. Uh, one of the things I also tried to do was introduce my grandchildren into the program. Uh -huh. And, and uh, mm. my oldest grandchild, uh, Josh, was seven when we started. And his sister came along shortly afterwards. And, and the two of us would volunteer at Winston Park. And then uh, as as my granddaughter uh, got older, what she did was she actually took over the program from one day to another, and she would give the instructions. And 
that made it even richer, I think, for the residents. Isn't it wonderful that your family tree has extended its roots into a garden? And, you know, Bruce, when you say that you have had an effect on people, Lloyd, I don't know if you heard this or not, but I got to tell you, when COVID hit a year ago, the residents were asked at Winston Park which services they believed to be essential, and they said, Bruce McNeil. How's that make you feel, Bruce? That was really cool. (laughs) One of them called me at home and said, you know, we tried to get you declared an essential service, but they won't go for it. Gratitude that's unexpressed is like an unopened gift. So we'd like you to just sit and listen for a moment while we open a gift from Therese. Bruce is such a dedicated volunteer and teacher. He is the essence of encouragement and always welcomes new members to the Garden Club. His Scottish background and sense of humor, such as his greeting of, come on in and make yourself homely, makes us all feel very relaxed. His sense of humor is so contagious. And of course, we do not handle dirt. We work with soil. That is the first lesson. His patience is remarkable. That's Therese. Yes, I know Therese. She's uh, really cool. Okay, what's the difference between soil and dirt? I have to ask you this. Oh, it's very simple. We we plant in soil and we play in dirt. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. <laughs> that is perfect. Okay, Bruce, if you're ready, we'd like you to hear from your next admirer. Hi, Bruce. It's Louise. We do miss you. My garden in my room misses you, too. You were always so good helping me with my flowers. I see the six gardens that we used to do, and they do miss you. Isn't it something to be able to have something like a garden that you have helped, Bruce, to make a reality? The thing that Louise looks forward to. What a gift you are. Louise is, uh, I think she's 94 now. Wow. Mm -hmm. Um, Lloyd, you might be interested. Her husband was a minister, and uh, they did ministering in places like China, in Africa. That's lovely. Bruce, you look across the road from Winston Park, and you see that beautiful community garden on the Salvation Army property there, because we believe that you grow spiritually, but you grow in nature as well. And I think there are about a hundred people planting in that garden. Yes, there are. That's a church garden, but we call it community garden. We open our hearts and we open our property to the people. And I suspect you've had a look in from time to time as an expert in horticulture. Yes, I've often checked it out. And uh, it's really a nice spot. Bruce, have you noticed that With the gardening, you grow not just the flowers and the vegetables, but you grow in your own spirit and you grow in fellowship with others. There's just something very special about a garden. Are you connected with the church, Lloyd? My daughter attends the church there in Kitchener, and so she looks across at it. And the chaplain there at Winston Park is a good friend of ours. Um, Lucy, on November the 11th, always does um, a Remembrance Day event at at Winston Park. And that is so well attended. 
And what I've done is I've gotten a number of wreaths. And uh, when I go into our gardening group just before uh, Lucy has her event, is I ask all of the residents to give me the names of um, people that have in their family or that they know that have served uh, in the military and been in war situations. And we write their names on a yellow ribbon and we put it on the wreath. And then I have one of the members of each of the groups that I have at Winston Park uh, go up and um, place the wreath. And that's part of the ceremony as well. Marvelous, marvelous. And it's it's important for them and and they really appreciate it as well. Thank you for your creativity and your love in doing such a thing. I keep telling people that I get more out of this than they do. And, <laughs> and uh, I really do believe that I am blessed to be able to go and work with these people. That's the secret of volunteerism. You give of yourself and what you receive in return is just beyond measure. You don't do it without intention, but the more you give, the more you receive. It's just one of those uncanny principles of life. I know that uh, gardening can really help an individual because when I worked full time, I would come home from work and I would often have a knot in my shoulder that was, was really painful. I'd go out and work in the garden for 15 minutes and it was gone. Bruce, what was your line of work? I'm a professional librarian, so you, oh, okay. part of my volunteerism was uh, when I was getting close to retirement, I looked around for things that I could do in retirement. And uh, I saw that the, the Kitchener Public Library Board was looking for people, so I applied and, and I got on the board and I served um, five terms, put in 21 years on the library board. The Mayo Clinic Health Systems has said that what you're doing, being a volunteer, decreases the risk of depression, especially in volunteers aged 65 or older, which I can't believe because you do not sound 81, but you are. And studies have shown that volunteers with chronic or serious illness, including in the case of the knot in your shoulders, experience declines in pain intensity and depression when they're serving as peer volunteers for others who are also suffering from chronic pain. So what you're doing, while of course you're not doing it to help yourself, you yourself are seeing these kind of benefits as well. Absolutely. I, yeah. I really believe that. Oh, oh, and I should mention that not all of your fans are female because, just in case everyone thinks that all of Bruce's admirers today and well-wishers are ladies, we have a fellow who not only shares our guest's gender, but his name. Let's hear him. Hello, Bruce. This is Bruce, too. I want you to know what an impact you had on the village so many of the ladies in my neighborhood look forward to you coming each week. During your program, you made people feel welcome by sharing stories and joking and sharing several treats. 
Each time you come, it gave us a meaningful experience working with new clippings and seeing our plants flourish. We miss your presence. You are not just a volunteer, but a friend. Hope to see you soon. Aw, not just a volunteer, but a friend. And, you know, turns out that two out of five people who volunteer say they do so because they were asked. Maybe that's all it takes. What's your advice to people who are thinking about volunteering or perhaps, Bruce, haven't even thought about it? When I started out on the board of the Horticultural Society, we would put a notice in our newsletter saying we're looking for volunteers. And very often that didn't bring anyone to the board. What I started doing afterwards was going out and seeing who was always attending our programs. And so I started tapping them on the shoulder and saying, how about joining us on the board? And we got a lot of people to join us that way. Wonderful. All you have to do is ask. The general announcement and invitation seldom works because when you send out an invitation to join, the willing are not able and the able are so reluctant to respond. So you did the right thing by looking around at the potential volunteers and then inviting them to be part of something that excites you. And in turn, they will become excited about recruiting is so essential to volunteerism. It certainly is. And you're right about the excitement. I'm passionate about gardening and about the things that I do, and I think that rubs off. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And not only that, but our hormones and brain activity react positively to doing it. I mean, don't tell anybody, but the dirty secret of volunteering is it feels good for the volunteers. Yes, <laughs> it certainly does. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. And are you seeing more young people? You mentioned Josh and his sister. Is that Alexandra? Yes. What about young people in the schools? I think that it's such an important thing because uh, remember I, back in 1999, 2000, I think it was, that the Ontario school curriculum sort of mandated 40 hours of community involvement activities in order to graduate high school. What a great idea that was. Yeah, it certainly was. We at the Winston Park and Freeport Hospital, we actually had uh, some young people volunteer to help with my programs there. Do you see in them a change, a realization of just what they're getting from it? Like, I don't want to kind of romanticize it, but do they kind of come in going, oh, well, okay. And then at the end of it, they're going, this is amazing. My granddaughter now is an environmental ecologist. Wow. Alexandra does outreach programs uh, for school boards teaching them about the monarch butterfly, trying to raise an interest in the monarch butterfly and butterflies in particular. And I, I suspect that some of what she's doing now is because we work together in the horticultural program at Winston Park. Oh, um, Lloyd, wouldn't it be nice if we had, wait, we do? All right, you're gonna to wanna to hear this, Bruce. It's your granddaughter, Alexandra. Oh, you're kidding. Hi, Pekka. 
So when I was a kid, you were always very mysterious to me because once a week on the same day at the same time, you'd leave for a few hours to do something called volunteering. I always wondered what adventures you were having without me. So when I was about eight, that's when I asked to come. On the car ride to Winston Park Retirement Home, I remember you explaining that volunteering was giving your time to help others. I didn't quite understand what the technical term recreational therapy meant. I just understood that we were going to help elders garden and chat about flowers. The jobs you gave me started small, like handing out shovels or plants. It then graduated to helping elders walk and garden. And it eventually escalated to me giving my own mini presentations about different types of flowers from our garden. You taught me about compassion, how to talk to someone new, and the importance of storytelling and connecting with people. And I want to say thank you because those experiences made me who I am today. And it slowly started me on my career path. And that passion started when volunteering at Winston Park Retirement Home with you. So thank you, Paka. Love you lots. Well, I don't think you could ask for a more blessed harvest than that. After all of your years of working and volunteering and gardening in soil, not dirt, to hear from your granddaughter what an immense impact you've made on her life, Bruce. Alexandra is, is uh, she's amazing. During these times, StatsCan has even recognized that volunteering during COVID-19 has changed. And a lot of people uh, are directly helping others by picking up, dropping off groceries and supplies, cooking meals, sewing masks. Everybody's making masks and sharing information and mental health support and that sort of thing. So it's it really does mean a lot what you're doing. And even, you know, as in the case of Louise, who has something to look forward to when we all do return to some semblance of normalcy and planting gardens and being together and getting our knees dirty and just connecting through the oldest of all of these activities that we have, which of course would be planting together. There were different segments to the program that I had. And one was um, I would go to Zares and I would ask them to donate some fruit, two of each of all of the apples that they had in the store. And I would take them to Winston Park and we would talk about apples and apple trees. And I would show them the apples and we'd talk about the different kinds of trees that they came from. And then I'd chop up the apples and everybody would have a piece of the apple and we would talk about which ones were better. And we did the same thing with other kinds of fruit, star fruit, uh, kiwi, things that some of them had never eaten before. Hmm. And we, so we would have a program on that. And then I would get nuts. Of course, I'm checking all the time to make sure that no one has any allergies that could affect them, but we would get nuts and we would talk about the different kinds of nuts that we were eating. We also planted tomatoes and we start our tomatoes in March. We start them indoors and we get plastic milk bags and we roll the rim down, right down to about an inch. We put Mm -hmm. in about an inch of soil 
we put in three seeds in each milk bag, OAS, and there are a couple of cuts made in the bottom of the milk bag so that right. we get drainage. And then once we get the second set of leaves on the tomato, we roll up the rim a little bit. <laughs> we take off the first set of leaves. We add more soil. And if you ever looked at the stem of a tomato, you will notice all those little hairs on the side of the stem. And as you roll up the rim, those hairs become roots. By the time they're ready to be planted outside, you have a root ball that is about uh, 10 inches long. We take that outside and then we dig a hole that's twice as big as what we need. And we put some compost in the side of the hole and we put our tomato right in that and then we cover it all in. And one of the exciting things about doing it that way is we very seldom ever have a tomato disease that affects our tomatoes. Marvelous. You can do that in April and, and because you've got six weeks before you really want to plant outside. Fantastic. Right on, good. And um, then people said, well, since we're growing some tomatoes, maybe we should have a harvest lunch when we bring in our tomatoes. And I mm. said, oh, okay. So I started cooking. I would cook for, oh, I think there were 25 people. We would have lunch for 25 people. And we would have, oh, a couple of courses. Uh, mm. um chicken, salad, uh, a dessert. I'd even bring in some wine. <laughs> and uh, we would do that. But one day uh, at uh, the residence meeting, I think Melanie asked the uh, residents that were attending what, what they wanted more of in the way of programming. And I guess it was a couple of my people that said more harvest lunches. <laughs> oh, my mouth is watering just hearing about them too. My goodness. It was it was good fun. You are a gift to the people you come in contact with. I just wish you the very best success. And when the doors of Winston Park are opened again, we'll hear the shouts of joy for even here over here as the people welcome you back. I'm I'm looking forward to it. I, I really am. I can tell you one more story. There's a, a lady that was in our group early on and she wasn't doing all that well this day. And she said, Bruce, could you please push me on my walker? And I said, sure, I can push you on our walker. So we're going down the hall and I'm pushing her. And she turns to me and she says, Bruce, don't ever get old. Hmm. <laughs> and uh, I said, if you can tell me how not to get old, I will do it. And she thought for a few minutes and she said, I think you're out of luck. <laughs> yeah, that's some wisdom. But she did everything she could to get to programs, even when she wasn't feeling all that well. Oh. Yeah. Chronologically, we get older. But Bruce, you're staying young at heart, and that makes such a difference. <laughs> I'm trying to. Yeah. Uh, 
From Winston Park to Winston Churchill, the saying, we make a living by what we get, we make a life by what we give. And you are giving life to so very many. So thank you. Thank you, Bruce, so much. And uh, thank you to your daughter, Karen Coker, for helping to coordinate so many of these surprises for you today, because it just seems like a perfect way of thanking you and to all of the volunteers at the uh, Schlegel Villages everywhere, and to everyone who is listening, who gives of their time, but more importantly, of themselves to make the world a better place. We all need that, especially now. So thank you, Bruce. Thank you. Lloyd and I are so looking forward to our next chat with Margaret Collard. What a fascinating woman. She's been a minister in both the church and for people living on the street, and she has some amazing wisdom and perspectives to share with us all. Please subscribe for additional episodes every two weeks. You'll be notified just as soon as they're up. Share your thoughts and opinions on social media using hashtag elderwisdom to help others find us on this green bench. And if you would, just take a moment to rate and review the Elder Wisdom podcast. If it's easier, just go to www.elderwisdom.ca to find the link. And while you're there, be sure to sign the Elder Wisdom Pledge. On behalf of Lloyd Hetherington, I'm Erin Davis. Thank you for sharing in these life stories, and we'll talk to you again soon, because your seat on the green bench is ready and waiting. Elder Wisdom, Stories from the Green Bench, is brought to you by Schlegel Villages, a complete continuum of care, offering independent living to long-term care, celebrating and honoring the wisdom of the elder. To learn more about us, please go to our website, schlegelvillages.com.